welcome to Literary Merit, the show where we tell you what media has value. Spoiler alert, it's all of it. Also, spoiler alert, we'll be discussing spoilers as usual, so here is your warning. I'm Ashley. And I'm Alex. And I will start by asking, what is new to you, Alex? (sighs) The world. The world (laughs) is a new and horrible place. Um, (laughs) But mostly good. We have... We're moving forward with uh, with our new living situation, so that's yeah, really exciting. I don't think that we've actually said anything about that on the podcast, so maybe we should tell tell the listeners. We got a townhouse. Woo! We're moving in together. <laughs> it's a big step. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm mo- I'm moving back, and me and Alex and my husband are are moving in together, and it's gonna be super awesome. It's gonna be great, and. It's gonna be in a month and a little bit. Yeah, like like five weeks. Five weeks. <laughs> and we're so excited, and it'll be so much easier to record. I know. Can you imagine? <laughs> Today we had to do so much negotiating. Oh my gosh, <laughs> schedules are insane. If only we, we should have just done it like Wednesday, and it would have been a breeze. But you know, <laughs> we got yeah. lives. We got lives. <laughs> yeah. So today at work is the first of the month on a Friday. So (laughs) I work at a bank listeners. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I don't even think about that. Yeah. It as, as far as it could go, it went smooth, but it was just nonstop. And I was just, yeah. So I'm, I'm glad to be done. Got another half a day tomorrow and then free at last. Yeah. Freedom. Well, have you been uh, up to anything or just, just working? Work. Oh, and, and, and some writing <laughs> stuff, too. Doing some writing stuff, too. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, I got sick. <laughs> it's so frustrating. <laughs> like, yesterday afternoon, I was like, oh, no. My throat kind of hurts. And like throughout the evening, it was just getting worse and worse. Like by the time I went to bed, my throat hurt so bad. It's not as bad today, but it's definitely not my favorite feeling in the world. Better watch out for those measles. Oh, God. I can't (laughs) believe it. I can't believe there's a measles outbreak here. So stupid. It's very stupid. So stupid. Guys, come on. We live in the Pacific Northwest, specifically in the uh, Portland-ish the, the Portland area. and Vancouver-ish area, and there ha- are many con- confirmed cases of measles. Only here, <laughs> just here, we've got the measles. Thanks, Portland. Thanks for being Portland. Portland. It was, a- it was actually Vancouver's fault, if I, I recall. <laughs> well, because that's where all the like that's the suburb, you know. Right, that's right. That's where the, the 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 people who are stupid and have money live. <laughs> so if you want your toilet to freeze, live in the Midwest and the East Coast. And if you want the measles, come, come here. to the West Coast. Oh, <laughs> so stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm trying to think. I mean, we've mostly just been busy with getting ready for the big move will's oh. crazy busy with well, i'm work. sure he is now he's I, i've seen him for like a total of like an hour over the past week <laughs> <laughs> terrible um i 
got rid of my big old huge old hot plasma TV. Ooh. To to have some more room, and then I got a cute little thirty two inch hundred fifty dollar smart TV. Oh, nice. So that'll be way easier to move. Um, we're taking that ugly futon that I can't even donate to the dump because it's technically a bed, even if it's never been used as a bed. So no one will accept it. Oh, wow. I never thought about that. I didn't either until I was on my way to Goodwill. And then I was like, oh shit. So when I got there, when I got there, I was like, oh yeah, I have this couch to donate. And he's like, like, "Mm." he's like, is it a hideaway? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, we can't take it. Man, I know. The best one on him. I tried, but I did try. Hard. <laughs> it was it was flat for the drive, and I was like, uh, uh, trying to put it up. <laughs> if, only, if only it could lock in place easily, I could have probably gotten away with it. But yeah, yeah. Damn, eighty nine dollar IKEA futon that I have to pay money to dispose of now. <sighs> what a rip off. Yeah, don't go cheap when you buy a sitting device. <laughs> no, no, don't. When Will and I first started dating, he had a terrible futon that he slept on. It was his bed, and it was, like, the bad kind of futon. Like, I know every futon's the bad kind, but it's, like, we had a bad. Good one for, we had a good one for a little while. It was, like, a big one with a big, chunky frame, and it came with a oh. topper. We eventually got rid of that one, but I'm currently still using the topper that it came with. <laughs> oh, no. This was like a creaky, squeaky, oh, aluminum fucking thing. Oh, I know those ones from Teenage Dumb. Yeah. Well, I think that's when it was from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was a bad bed. It was a bad, bad, bad bed. And when I would stay over at his place, I was just like, all right, this is life. It's fine. I can live this way. I, I, I sort of understand. I uh, was dating in college and uh, uh, single college beds. Mm. Fun, fun stuff to, to no. share. <laughs> nah, nah, nah. I brought, I, I mean, Will and I got an apartment my sophomore year, his freshman year, and... I just brought my whole big bed. I was like, nah, <laughs> my real bed, my own bed. That's what I'm sleeping on. It was worth it. Well, you want to just get into it since basically we're just chatting anyway? Sure. Yeah, we're just doing a little bit of a roundup this time, folks. Uh, things are a bit wild for us at the moment. Um, we'll have to even see about what is going to happen with the next episode, uh, given that it's going to be recording right around move-in time. So we'll see <laughs> what is happening what to us. We can record separate episodes um, when we're moving in at separate times, and it'll be like a letter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we can talk about it. We can talk about it. <laughs> but yeah, so we're just doing a little roundup about... The stuff that we've seen recently and and maybe some stuff we've read and things like that. Things we've listened to. Um, what do you want to talk about first, Alex? Oh, I don't know. You can't well, just hey. get the open-ended question after work. <laughs> How about you tell me about Kingdom Hearts? I will tell you about Kingdom Hearts. I have a good amount to say about Kingdom Hearts only being nine hours in. Okay. Oh, wow. So... Starting off the bat, 
it's like backtracking a tiny bit, but also not explaining itself at all as usual. <laughs> um, okay, so basically, there's been a shit ton of spinoffs. And right. in order to make the spinoffs available to the public for consumption uh, on one platform, they have released compilation uh, discs on PlayStation 2 or PlayStation 4. Um, one was Kingdom Hearts 2.5 and one was like Kingdom Hearts 1.5. And I was like split into two parts. And then eventually they did a 2.8 final mix, which was literally everything. Movies games all of it that sounds oh man just uh related have you seen that video that brian david gilbert of polygon made about kingdom hearts recently (laughs) oh my god you guys he's like explaining the plot traditional hero's (laughs) journey it's just it's just a 12-sided clock and then he keeps adding these (laughs) yeah y'all gotta watch it polygon kingdom hearts um i think the series is called unraveled these videos are all gold but this one just came out it's 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 very very funny um but anyway the the first one starts you have a little cutscene, and then it's like you get into your gummy ship which is how you get to worlds and then it it has a title instead of kingdom hearts 3 flashing up it says kingdom hearts (laughs) (laughs) 2.9 and it started cackling i was like they're really doing this to us they're really starting at 2.9 that's insane (laughs) it was so funny (laughs) and (laughs) which i get it it's like a prologue in a book Uh uh-huh but i just thought it was so funny there's definitely some self-awareness going on right oh completely and i've heard from the i haven't heard anything that actually happens in the ending but i've heard it's very like you know what the usual is <laughs> yeah but I, I i just i you, i played a little kingdom hearts like when the first games were coming out like i played a little one i played a little bit of two but like i just can't quite it just doesn't quite click for me i think you would probably like dream drop distance you think so because you can play as a girl and she's amazing. And she's <laughs> integral to the main story at large currently. Well, my struggle with Kingdom Hearts is just the tonal dissonance. Yeah, that's definitely an issue. Like, Goofy's like, oh gosh, Mickey's heart's turned evil. And it's like, what? What? What is it? Well, the funny thing is, Goofy is the straight man. <laughs> because... Because Donald's just an anger machine, and him right. and Sora are always at it, and Sora's a complete buffoon, and well, and, yeah. and Goofy's always like, especially if like you just got done with a cutscene, Goofy's like, oh, we better go this way, and it's. I just can't like it's got if it were more sort of silly, and you know it was just more like a cute silly Disney thing, it would work for me. Or if it was just like a straight up Final Fantasy style thing. Yeah. But the two <laughs> tastes don't taste good together for me. I just can't have those at the same time. Well, currently, like... um, nine hours in, it's mostly goofy, not the character. Like, <laughs> mostly silly. silly. It's mostly <laughs> silly. Um, not too much intense stuff yet. Um, but you know it's going there. Well, I feel like it's slowly building up because I just got to. Arendelle, aka Frozen, mm-hmm. and I'm loving how they're treating Elsa. Cool. She's like, 
really good and Sora's like she's awesome but she looks sad and we need to go help her hmm. is it yeah. is it Adina or is it did they get a sound well, alike uh, I think most of the main uh, characters are sound alikes um, I mean they obviously just play let it go and you and they like actually right. recreated the whole scene in huh. the engine and it looks wow. mostly passable <laughs> The only issue is her, her dress, for some reason, gets a little huh. weird. Um, but other than Clothing that, is hard. Gorgeous. Yeah. Other than that, it's gorgeous. The ice is perfect. Um, but some of the worlds I, I felt were lackluster. The, the Tangled world was literally just a beat for beat, the story of Tangled. Um, and I was like, I don't want to watch Tangled again. Yeah. If I, I want to watch Tangled again, I'd watch Tangled again. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to play through Tangled while they're like... Yeah, that, that's like the cardinal sin of video games is just like straight up adapting a movie. Like, yeah. never do that. That's but, always bad. But surprisingly, the worlds that I thought would be boring were amazing. So the Toy Story world. First of all, mm. you start off in Andy's room and it's mm. just a little room. But then you jump on the bed. The cloth moves. <laughs> which is like caught me off guard and I was like that's pretty I like that that never happens <laughs> um and then you leave and then you're running down the street <laughs> and it's the whole street that's so cool and you're toy sized <laughs> <laughs> and then you go to this three-story toy store whoa and you have to explore the different levels also there are robot giant robot mech toys that you get to ride in and beat stuff up with <laughs> and then there's a whole segment where you're in the video game that they come from <laughs> beating them all up. <laughs> and I was like, this had no right to be this fun. <laughs> that's cool. So that's basically it's... what I've been dealing with is like, oh, this sort of rehashed version of something and then being blown away by the creative use of something that I thought I would be bored by. That's cool. So where do you like what do you see kingdom hearts kind of going like where do you think what do you think it's doing you know like what is all of this <laughs> amounting to honestly i have no fucking clue nine hours <laughs> in because multiple characters they've killed off are all back mm -hmm. <laughs> and i'm yeah. like you died but did you die in a simulation i don't remember <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, we have to go ask Brian David Gilbert. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm glad to have them because, I mean, we get voice actors with them. We get, like, a little bit more character development. But it's like, what's happening? <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, that's my question whenever I look at Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> I'm sure by the end, a lot of things will be answered. But I don't know. I feel like if they were to move forward... Not necessarily with Kingdom Hearts 4 or anything like that, but like with whatever this monstrosity that's been created. <sighs> um, I would like more of the original stuff because that's the stuff I find the most compelling is the original yeah. characters. Um, I, I mean, that's what you signed up for. Well, yeah, but it's not even like the main original characters. Like some of the, the, the villains that have been transformed into good people over the years are are the the most interesting um 
Axel from Kingdom Hearts 2 is a lot of people's favorite. Um, right. And also the prequel characters um, from Dream Drop Distance are also really, really um, exciting. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, I, I want there to be more in the sort of loriness of it all, but maybe tune down the Disney like a scotch. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like how I feel, you know, it's just, I can't take them both. I like both flavors, but not together. <laughs> I think um, what's currently happening as I'm playing through is all the Disney stuff's going to happen all at once, and then it's going to be out of the way, and it's just going to be, like, hardcore, like... Yeah, but, I mean, Donald and Goofy are still going to be there. Like, it's all... <laughs> I, They're always... I, I, I can... I don't know. Something about having been there the whole time... I can mm-hmm. sort of digest it and I can see honestly Sora seems the most annoying to me. <laughs> well, and it's not that I find them annoying, it's that I find them sort of incongruous. Yeah. I don't know. I again Sora's relation Sora hasn't like developed as a character period <laughs> and I find that really upsetting. Like Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Like he has different powers now, but he's still an idiot. <laughs> he's just anime boy well that but like all he has is a heart actually spoiler alert fucking four of them so what <laughs> <laughs> yeah he what has is kingdom hearts <laughs> that's the question <laughs> i just learned that last night while i was playing they're like there are three hearts living inside of yours I know. Okay, yeah. Uh, so that's how that's going. <laughs> well, how about now I tell you a thing you didn't do? Sure, sure. Because <laughs> I assume you didn't get around to watching Polar. No, I haven't had time between buying a TV and playing Kingdom Hearts on that TV. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm going to say that's okay. I watched this the other evening uh polar it's a new movie on netflix i i i don't know about it (laughs) so it's it's starring mads mickelson my favorite boy and he's great in it he is i have no problems with his performance a lot of the movie was really great really interesting but it just it was a lot raunchier than I expected. That caught me off guard. Like, from scene one, I was like, oh, really? That's <laughs> what's in this movie? I didn't know that about this movie. Uh, the premise is that Mads is a uh, an assassin sort of working for some kind of big assassin company (laughs) and they assassins are forced to retire when they turn 50 because they're just too old to assassin properly i guess (laughs) and they have a really um significant pension plan um however much they pay into it 
the company will match. Right. And he has paid in the maximum amount of $8 million. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to pay. <laughs> so basically, it's two weeks until his 50th birthday, and they're trying to kill him <laughs> before then. So that they, because if he dies, then the money reverts to the company, mm-hmm. turning a loss into a gain. Yeah. Um, so it's like this team of like young hotshot assassins trying to take out the old, you know, grizzled top assassin guy. Um, and there's just a lot of boobs in this movie, just <laughs> a lot of nudity. And, and now it does some pretty cool subversions. I was like, all right, what is this movie like doing? Like, why? What? Because it's apparently it's based on a very interesting webcomic. Which uh, I didn't know about until after I watched the film, uh, but the the comic is really interesting for um, like the first like chunk sort of significant run of it being completely dialogue free. Uh-huh. Um, it's all just told visually, and it sounds pretty neat. Um, it's just ve- it's very graphical. It's all like black and white and red with no dialogue. Uh, it sounds very cool. I'd love to check it out. Um, the movie is not nonverbal. It has <laughs> it has dialogue, but like there's this moment where I, was, I like started sort of, sort of rolling my eyes, thinking, "Oh man, like here's this trope," because like it started to do a John Wick where he's like settling down and his little like lakeside cabin in Minnesota or where no Montana. And he's, like, walking down the street and there's someone, like, selling a dog, like a puppy. And it's like, mister, he likes you. And he's like, oh, I don't need a dog. And then he gets the dog and takes the dog home. And I'm like, are you serious right now? Like, these screenwriters are taking the the pet, the dog trope a little bit too literally these days. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I'm just going to tell you because it's the it's just the a, such a good subversion. Uh he, like, takes the dog home and, like, you know, he's taking care of it and he falls asleep and has, like, terrible flashback nightmares and accidentally shoots the dog and kills it. <laughs> he's had this dog, like, it's, like, from, like, adoption to murder, uh, it, the movie, it's about, like, 30 seconds <laughs> that he actually <laughs> has this dog. And I was like, okay, I see we're subverting things right now. So I appreciated that. I thought that was a pretty cool move. Um, it's got a lot of really interesting actors, like not quite A-listers, uh-huh. but I mean, you've got, you've got Mads. Um, let me see. I'm going to pull up the list so I don't forget anybody because it's just such a really interesting cast. Um, so Vanessa Hudgens is sort of the most significant supporting character, mm-hmm. uh, and she's like super unrecognizable. She's serving up some real uh, lesbian lumberjack looks, Ooh, which I like. Uh, she's she's like his neighbor in this little uh, snowy town. Yeah, there's this one scene where she's wearing like a, a solid color 
um, button-up flannel. Uh, it's like buttoned all the way up to her neck, like, to- and she's wearing suspenders over it. And I'm like, yes, I want more of that, please. Um, Catherine Winnick plays one of the villains. Um, she's Lagerfa on Vikings. Um, the main antagonist is played by Matt Lucas of uh, Little Britain. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Our, uh, she doesn't have the range. She doesn't have the range. I love that skit so much. It's a good skit. He's a very funny man, and he plays the main antagonist of this film. Uh, Maybe yeah. it's worth it. Just for that. Sorry, she doesn't have the range. Sorry, I don't, have the, ra- I don't have the range. I, I lo- simply don't have I the range. I love it a bit, but I don't have the range. I don't have the range. Uh, Richard Dreyfus has a small cameo. <laughs> Uh, Johnny Knoxville has a cameo. <laughs> it's a really interesting cast. Um, I didn't even recognize Catherine Winnick right away because I'm used to her being a Viking and with a Viking accent. And in this movie, she wears a lot of very fun wigs oh. and speaks in an American accent. Huh. She's got some good looks. In every scene, she's serving up something different. She wears just wigs after oh, wigs. Oh, I love a wig. She's got... She's just very glamorous, red lipstick, just like all decked out. Oh, she's well, now great. I really want to watch this movie. <laughs> okay, just be warned because it's just real horny. Uh, <laughs> it's extremely horny. Like, like the uh, the first scene, and it's just sort of setting up the world and the premise. Johnny Knoxville is playing an a new an an assassin who is about to retire and he's living it up in his mansion in Chile and um when the team comes to take him out so they've got this girl Cindy who doesn't seem to be actually an assassin she doesn't do any killing she's just bait <laughs> um and so he's he, she's like sexing him up by the pool and he pops a Viagra, and then they attack, and so he, like, dies with a boner. <laughs> like, that's the kind of movie this is? Sometimes. <laughs> but then other times, it's like, it's like a bloody, tortured Mads Mikkelsen, like, charging down a concrete corridor, murdering people with his bare hands. So it's got a lot of things in it. Well- I kind of just really want to watch it now. It almost sounds like, you know, because you know how last year we were all like our favorite, some of our favorite movies were just like the ones that gave us joy. This sounds like it gave you a lot of joy. I mean, okay. Yeah. There's some incredible stuff. Sometimes it was a little bit much for me in the horniness department. (laughs) Mads Mikkelsen has two extended sex scenes with different characters so they were like let's take john wick and make it for 14 year old boys in the year 2000 kinda (laughs) yeah that's actually a really good characterization of it um but then it also has some really like interesting slow moments and some really like funny stuff Hmm. I, I definitely get some tonal whiplash from it. It was extremely entertaining. I will give you that. I liked most of the parts <laughs> of it. It was a little bit of a mess, but it was a fun to watch mess. Uh, like he gets to know Vanessa Hudgens character and he sort of like has like a, a paternal 
feeling for her. Like, he just wants to be a normal guy, and she's just, like, this nice girl who's his neighbor, and he starts, like, wanting to hang out with her, but he's he doesn't know how to be normal mm -hmm. <laughs> because he is just a lifelong assassin and <laughs> she's like you should you should teach cuz he tells her that like he used to be in the funeral business but um psh, and that he traveled around the world for it and she's like oh you should teach like a local class like about the world i bet they would love to have you in and like learn about the stuff that you've seen <laughs> and so he just like he does this and it's extremely funny that he goes into this elementary school class and is like teaching these children but like he's just telling them about like murder <laughs> it's really funny he's like showing them this knife and like how it's used um but then later he's like oh hey i saw he's like talking to vanessa hudgens and he's like i got you a present i remembered that you liked that knife that i had and so I got you something even better. And she opens it up and it's a handgun. <laughs> and he's just giving her a handgun. And he's, he like looks really excited. He's like super happy. And she's like, I don't know how to use this. And he's like, well, I'm a teacher now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so weird. It's such a weird movie. Like, it definitely does some interesting subverting of things. Because like... You know, there's always the scene where some the 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 bait character tries to seduce the cool hero and he doesn't fall for it. And in this, like he he does have sex with her. He doesn't fall for it, but he just does have sex with her. He's just <laughs> like, "Well, I mean, if she wants to have sex with me, I'm going to do that." <laughs> but yeah, but then he's not like tricked. It's so, like, interesting, like, subversions of that, that type of character where, you know, you'd expect maybe it would go in sort of a Leon, the professional direction if you ignore the sort of pedophilic undertones of that film. Uh, he's really a very heroic character. Like, he's an assassin, but he's, like, a good guy one, and he doesn't do bad guy things, and he drinks milk, and, you know, that, yeah. that sort of thing. You'd expect in this kind of a movie that he would, he might be that character because... He's set up as being this guy who just wants to live a normal, quiet life. Mm -hmm. But then, like, he does he does just have sex with the girl, and he does, like, <laughs> he doesn't know how to be a normal man. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's an interesting subversion of that tendency when, when they're like, yeah, he's an assassin, but he's a good guy. Like, well, he tries. He tries. Uh, but... Ultimately, I'm not sure what it all adds up to. Yeah. Like, they do subvert stuff throughout the film, but then in the end, it's just sort of like... it. Then it just has the ending that you kind of think it will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, interesting choices, but ultimately nothing nothing revolutionary. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to watch something wild, like, that's something. But do not watch it with the children in, in the house, oh, yeah. please. <laughs> Kids have talked about it. <laughs> like I was telling my coworker, I was telling him about it. He was like, "I kind of want to watch that. That sounds cool." I'm like, "Wait until your daughter is asleep, please. <laughs> you cannot watch this when she's around." Yeah. So that's that's polar. <laughs> uh, speaking of Netflix, did you want to 
uh, talk about Kimmy Schmidt. Oh, right. Recently canceled Kimmy Schmidt. Did it get canceled? That doesn't surprise Well, it got ended. Yeah, it got ended. Um, but I mean, I think they just, I mean, I, I'll say I just finished watching the final episodes and they wrapped that up real quick. They really did. Like, like they managed to tack on an ending, but like it felt very tacked on. Yeah. And I think, I think they meant it the end. Well, they definitely, um, I don't know, did it in an interesting way. They did half of a season last year and then half this year. Um, right. Probably because they heard midway through that they were going to be uh, no longer uh, there. Um, yes. But the first... But even so, like this second half of the last season, it really didn't feel like it was going anywhere. Oh, yeah. And the show never feels like it's going anywhere. But that's also what 30 Rock did. 30 Rock was just, you know, it was half an hour episodes that didn't really progress plot. There were a couple, it was, there was like some strewn ab- about, which actually I don't think Kimmy, Str- Kimmy Schmidt really has much of. Um, well, I, and I think it's a format thing because 30 Rock, I never necessarily expected to do that, but it was on television. Yeah. The episodes would just run when they would run. And so they, it was created with a different watching That's experience true. in mind. That's true. And with these series that are coming out now that are intended to just be watched straight through on Netflix, they arc them in a way, you know, like a movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, but again, show, it, you know, Arrested Development and all. It, it's created by the same person, though. So it right. might just be her way of doing things. Um, or She's just stuck in TV mode. I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> she has all the same actors in it. So <laughs> true. It's true. Um, I don't know. I feel like um, earlier seasons did feel like they were sort of building to something in yeah. a way that the last couple of seasons didn't i felt like um two and three actually had character development whereas four was like let's try some weird experiments (laughs) yeah i just can't even remember what like where each season sort of delineates like what happens in which yeah yeah and i think that's the whole like episodic not uh-huh. it all just sort of blends together yeah i do also it's just been quite a while yeah and then another, i think it's another thing with streaming it is like you might watch three three episodes in a row so you don't necessarily like associate what happened in a certain episode you associate oh that's something that happened along the way yeah yeah and like especially just since it's been a couple years now since i first started watching the series you know i just forget things and it kind of blends together in my memory yeah um so i feel like so i you said you wanted to talk about it as sort of a problematic fave and i definitely agree with that assessment of it and i feel like that can be something that tina fey tends to be yeah a lot more than i would like her to be (laughs) yeah I was like, Tina, what are you doing sometimes? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, it's clear that she conceived of this series as sort of a fun way of looking at modern culture. Yeah. She's like, what if we take someone out of time so that they can experience what's going on in the world for the first time? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that's great. Sometimes she's got some really good commentary. And sometimes it feels like I'm not like you just wanted to 
talk about this because it's something that's happening. You yeah. don't really have anything to say, do you? Yes, it's just something that everybody's talking about, so let's talk about it. I especially felt that way with these last few episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They It was all of the commentary on the Me Too movement. Yeah. But there wasn't actually any commentary. It was just like mentioning it just sort of talking about the fact that it's a thing and also the puppet dick mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. that yeah, was, was so troubling it was extremely i mean it was supposed to be like i know but hit i hit the nail on the head with that one i but. really wish that that could have never happened to me <laughs> well i think that's how you're supposed to feel that's very true that's very true <laughs> You're supposed to be as horrified as Titus. And so, like, there were some interesting moments, but ultimately she was, I mean, she was just like, how can we do some episodes about Me Too and about all of these, you know, sexual harassment allegations that are coming up against, you know, people in power, but without doing something that's really going to trouble people in a, like, a real way. Like, how do we do that safely? Okay, I guess he's a puppet. Like, is the yeah. Sesame Street puppet? Uh-huh. So it's, like, it's not real. And it still ends up being all about the character. Like, he's like, oh, I'm not getting any... Nobody's talking about me because I wasn't the first one to talk, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's like, maybe this is one topic that you don't get to have, Tina. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't have done this one. Or even, like, I don't know, I could see... I think 30 Rock would have had the characters capable of handling that sort of topic. Possibly, yeah. I mean, and they did even sort of hint at certain things, like, back yeah. in the day. Like, you know, they they made jokes about Cosby before people were really talking about it. And That and, like, you know, it, 30 Rock was all about, like, power and relationships in power and like it was actually about celebrity and television and yeah. and like mm-hmm. that too in a way that kimmy schmidt just isn't like these are normal people living you know pedestrian lives uh not to say that you know people who live pedestrian lives don't experience sexual assault yeah but when you're specifically trying to talk about like Hollywood sexism these are not the characters who are relevant to that yeah and that her whole hand or I don't want to put it all on Tina Fey because she doesn't you know she's not her just behind the scenes just her um but she is you know she she was an executive producer yeah um but there's just a lot of like every episode has like one big thing that I was like that's gross like, uh, like yeah, the whole Zachary like... Quinto, randomly he's blind, and then he's like, yeah, I was just like, where did that come from? I was like, that's stupid, random, and really mean and offensive. Which is a shame because I really love Zachary Quinto, and I thought he was exceptionally funny. But it was just like, why? And then he's like making. I know all over, up until that moment, and he's and like then... clicking. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, that was, yeah, up until that moment, like, I thought he was a really funny character, and I always liked Zachary Quinto, but yeah, that was bizarre. Lots of interesting cameos in these last few episodes, like, people just want to get in there, like, they had yeah. Ronan Farrow on there, they had uh, I love, Shemi in I there. I love, I was like, is that really Ronan Farrow? <laughs> it was definitely Ronan he's, Farrow. He's, like, more I mean, good-looking was... than a journalist needs to be. 
Well, I mean, he's the son of Mia Farrow, and I'm. I mean, but still, we all know that like, we all know that Frank Sinatra was his dad. Like we all know that. But it's still like, I don't know. It's still weird. <laughs> <laughs> child of Mia Farrow and Frank Sinatra <laughs> like what else are you gonna get but I mean, he looks exactly like Frank Sinatra it's insane <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like interesting yeah you had Steve Buscemi on there I, there were definitely other ones but I guess people were just trying to sort of get in there well the weird thing was like it had a lot of callbacks to like the first season and I'm like I don't remember any of this why are you bringing this back <laughs> Yeah. And it also I felt like uh, especially these last this last half was very antithetical to what the build up of 3 and the first half of 4 were where it's like the characters are actually growing and learning. Yeah. Whereas this last well, half yeah. they're like we're just goofy again. It just it felt extremely slapdash. Just like some yeah. just a bunch of stuff happened and then an, an ending episode happened. Uh, I will say as absolutely fillery as it was i really did enjoy that that sliding doors episode <laughs> it was just so bizarre it was really strange it was extremely bizarre but i i found it to be quite entertaining i like uh, the one the part where uh titus is dating that straight actor <laughs> yeah yeah the the like the the hgtv, HGTV guy, guy. <laughs> Yeah. He's just, like, basically a talk show robot. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it, it was extremely bizarre, though, that, like, it just suddenly in that last episode, it's like, well, here it is, the final push that everyone needed to go out and achieve their dreams. The end. Yeah. I did like that Lillian just wanted to be, a, like, a ghost. A ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, like, why did that not become a thing? Like, that could have become a thing, and I would have been happy with it. That's what she wanted. <laughs> Well, she gets to haunt New York as a living person That's now. That's true. Now she's the, the <laughs> she's the voice of the the voice of the so New Yorkers. Yeah, oh yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's one of those shows that I never recommend to people because I don't want to put people through some of the uncomfortability and the <laughs> like. I don't want somebody to feel grossed out when they watch something. So. Like, yeah. if I know somebody really well and I'm like, you're going to be able to, like, turn that criticalness off just slightly mm-hmm. enough to be able to laugh for a minute. Yeah, I've definitely recommended it, but to people who wouldn't necessarily, the certain things that have occurred to me would not necessarily occur to them. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, you'll enjoy this because that stuff isn't going to register to you. It's, it's <laughs> definitely not a show that I um, go, really revisit. Um, you know i will say like season one season one i can go back to yeah yeah because you know i liked when it was about kimmy and her sort of journey yeah. <laughs> back into the world and like the the stuff with the reverend i mean john ham is the funniest mm-hmm. uh you know when it was about like no i'm a survivor and this guy's a monster and i have to fight back against him and get justice like that was good mm-hmm. but i just want to see more comedy john ham he's extremely extremely funny i i really part of me was just begging 
for I don't, I'm blanking on his real name, but Titus. I'm oh I, um, well, Titus Burgess. His yeah, name is Titus. Um, <laughs> I just I'm I just the whole last half of the season I was like I need some seriousness from him because he has it and I know he has it. Well, yeah, he he got a bit. I mean, the whole show, but especially Titus, got flanderized. You know? Yeah. I just, for, I don't know. I if just, anyone is unfamiliar with the term, it comes from The Simpsons, and it uh, refers to the way that Ned Flanders went from being a reasonably ordinary man to just an absolute caricature yeah. over time. And this is a thing that'll happen to a lot of TV characters and as just, the show goes on. I just want, I don't know, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he does next because, I don't know, I don't know. I, I do like the, the like, self-absorbed like mayonnaise eating like <laughs> it's very funny it's very funny especially when he's like he just i don't know there's these just small moments especially when it's just like the three main characters in the apartment mm-hmm. and he's just like not even Titus. not even like accepting what people are saying and just like going on with his own world yeah. And yeah, and that's funny, but that's the that's the aspect of him that ended up getting the most flanderized. Exactly. I think, where exactly. it's like he used to just like occasionally say something fairly absurd. Yeah. And now it's just like he's living in Titus Land, yeah. and there's no reality. Like, it, <laughs> and it's just a little too much. I think. yeah, I agree. There, there, there are definite standout moments, but it, it, I think that's where I'm craving that sort of seriousness from him. Or something just a little bit more down to earth, just a little more grounded. <laughs> also, can we talk uh, but, about the the cats thing? Oh my god, that I couldn't believe they went there and said cats is not a real show. I love that. That's the funniest shit to me. I really don't like cats. Well, and it's I just like, do not like that. They just, they, you just become one of them because you, you just decide you decide to join, and it's the big secret. It's a mess. Cats is a mess. It told. Oh man, that was the funniest thing to me ever. I love it. I love that. Oh, another significant cameo was Greg Kinnear as himself. No, he wasn't himself, was he? He was Greg Kinnear. I thought he was like. Oh. Okay. Oh, he was actually Greg. Kinnear. But it was like Greg Kinnear as like this B looking for work actor. Sure, yeah, like Greg Kinnear, but he was Greg Kinnear. <laughs> that's why he was Greg Katnear. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and he had the glasses on and everything. <laughs> I mean, it had some really funny moments, but it just tread into territory that I just think it didn't have any business dealing with. Yeah, and I still I still can't forgive the whole um uh what's her face as a Native American thing. Yeah, that was a pretty big mess. What is it with Tina Fey and racial humor? I don't know. <laughs> but but it's really yeah, that that never after that moment you're like and and I don't I, again, me and actor names can't do it. But she is a phenomenal comedian. She's so funny. She's so fucking funny in both this and in 30 Rock. 
but like i couldn't laugh at her anymore because of yeah it was just really icky yeah not a good idea there not a good choice not cool yeah well i mean when i first heard that kimmy schmidt was going away i was bummed but the more i thought about it the more i realized like it it needs to be over like it was it's definitely been really funny but it's just lost its shine when i think Um, this this last half we really saw how it did not like it fit for the exact moment that first season came out it didn't have legs and then the tone did not grow with the world yeah and the world couldn't handle that tone anymore i don't know it just yeah it, it had its moment and for you know one maybe two seasons it was pretty great um but now uh, it's over now and and it's for the best it's yep. for the best it's for the best good night kimmy schmidt <laughs> <laughs> uh let's see what else what else oh so i decided yesterday i wanted to check out that Ted Bundy tapes oh, Netflix. Yeah, I've been we've been talking series. about that at work. We haven't watched it, but just the the internet reaction. Well, yeah, gosh, the the reaction has been a lot. Um, and, I mean, it's been really mixed. So I decided, like, all right, well, I got to check this out for myself. Uh-huh. Um, because I'm really interested in true crime. I'm yeah. really interested in serial killers. Like, I, I find that stuff extremely fascinating. I listen to you know true crime podcasts and watch documentaries and stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I'm really into that. I shut the first episode off about halfway through. Wow. <laughs> and not because it wasn't well made. Honestly, it was the the production quality was great like they knew what they were doing but the whole point of it is these interview tapes with ted bundy Uh there's like a hundred hours of tapes of ted bundy speaking to this reporter and i realized that i didn't want to spend several hours of my life listen to a murderer lie yeah i mean there's just nothing of value to hear from this man's mouth like even like and it's not just like I don't want to listen to Ted Bundy talk. It's that I don't want to listen to what Ted Bundy decided to say. Yeah. Because he just lied. That's all he wanted to do was just make up a story to try to make himself look good and interesting yeah. and to try to convince people he wasn't a murderer. Uh-huh. And he just spent a hundred hours lying into a tape recorder. You know, I, I listened to the podcast Happy Face. Uh, about the happy face serial killer uh-huh. who was operating in a similar area right around here, actually, uh, in the 90s. And there's a lot of interview tapes with him in it. And I found them extremely interesting, if chilling, because he turned himself in and he wanted to tell the truth about what he did. He's extremely frank to the point of just being revolting about what he did and the murders that he committed but he's interested in actually talking about it like he wants you to know what he did yeah and why he did it ted bundy didn't want to do that he wanted to lie so i don't care (laughs) i don't care to listen also it's like all of that horrible disgustingness just invading your psyche 
Yeah, well, I just I I do I do that. All. I, mean, I, I know. I'm not, into true. Not like the context, <laughs> but like, like just you know, the way I would see it is like him if from the grave and using just you know just even even the thought of him somehow trying to manipulate anyone listening in the future. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, he just well, one of the 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 reporter who interviewed him they for the show interviewed him uh-huh. like now many 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 years later um and he was saying he realized pretty fast that bundy wasn't interested in telling the true story he was interested in doing a celebrity biography yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i just decided it wasn't worth my time i didn't want to i didn't want to hear it you know i i'm interested in the ted bundy case and i will learn more about it elsewhere if i decide to do that yeah and then there's gonna be a zach efron ted bundy yeah i think that that's a yeah mistake it is a big mistake because there's no there's no reason to do that except to like propagate the image that ted bundy wanted us to have exactly of him because from like interview one of the in the portion of the show that i did watch there's interview with this woman who was the younger sister of Ted Bundy's childhood friend. And she talks about what he was like as a kid and he was not smart and he was not charismatic. And he, he was really creepy. Like, you know, he likes, he liked to say that like, Oh, you know, I was such a normal kid. I was smart and I, you know, I did well, I excelled and nobody would have ever imagined that I would be on trial for murder. Uh And it's like, nah, this kid, he, he liked to make tiger traps. He would dig a big hole in the ground and put sharpened sticks in it and cover it over. And one time a little girl fell in the hole and gouged her leg open. That kid was going to grow up to be a serial killer. Yeah. Like, he was always going to be a serial killer. Like, he was on that road his whole life. It wasn't that he was some smooth charmer. Some ha- He's not even good looking, guys. He's extremely average. <laughs> he's extremely average. He's, he's just, he was just a white man during the 70s. And so he got away with a lot of shit. I also feel like they are trying to market to the perceived audience for a lot of the true crime that's really getting popular right now. And they're like, oh, it's these women and they want the sex monster killing people. Like, no. No, we don't they want, want that, They actually. want the puzzle. We're not fucking Manson girls. Yeah. Like... <laughs> We're interested in a lot of a lot of women are interested in true crime because they want to know what happened because they don't want that to happen to them. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of self-preservation. Learn the stories so that you can avoid it. Yeah. Fucking. We don't want to hear these from. fucking lies about how cool Ted Bundy was. Yes, exactly. We don't want to. We want to know about how he pretended he had a broken arm and tricked women into pitying him like that's the true story and that's the danger is that we feel like we've got to be helpful and polite and it would be rude not to help that's what that's what he preyed upon not that these women were in love with him they felt bad for him and i see felt like they were obligated i see a similar thing happening with um uh jeffrey dahmer 
where they're trying to make him into this like gay icon somehow. Ew. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, and it's not like necessarily. What the fuck? It, it's not like necessarily like um, a movie in particular that's doing it, but you do see no. posts around the internet where it's like, yeah, he was great looking, like all this, like. Oh, fuck. Guys, just, 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 you've got the Babadook, okay? Let's stick with the Babadook. <laughs> well, and it, and, and it plays into the, the, the power, the power dynamic. Like, that whole, like, you know. Ew. And it's just. Yuck, it, yuck, yuck, yeah. yuck. Yeah. Ultimate. Guys, what is, what's next? Freaking Ed Gein for childcare? Like, we're fucking, like, John Wayne Gacy? What are we talking about here? Like, No. Yeah. These are evil people. And that's all they... Oh, no. Ed Gein fucking handicrafts. Like, no. <sighs> and I'm, I, I'm remembering... Now. I'm Now I'm remembering um, American Horror Story, Horror Story Hotel. I haven't watched it. There's, an, okay. there's an episode where the owner of the hotel, who's now a ghost haunting the hotel, who is also cool. an accomplished serial killer... Cool. Um, has a serial killer party with all of their ghosts. <laughs> he invites the ghosts of the serial killers to his ghost party? Yes, and it's a great idea. I love that. But they actually show Dahmer doing his thing, and it's... Oh, no. I. It's so oh. upsetting. Yeah, that's the season that really took things too far, huh? And, like, I get it. And, it, and I feel like it was it worked for the show but like that's it's it's no because see the thing is that's real you know it's one thing if you make up some crazy things and sort of like base things on things but when you're like no this is the real one well and also there were other characters in that scene where it's like i don't know if these people are on the same level of their villainy I mean, it's just disrespectful. But I, I'm, to, like, maybe I'm not the person to make that call, that judgment call. Yeah. Um, it had, um, I'm yeah. blanking on her name, but she, um, um, uh, what is her name? Blonde. Uh, Charlize Theron, Theron played her in Monster. I think it was Blonde. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I know who you're talking about. And I she's also in that scene. Um, yeah, she's, I mean, like, yeah, she did, she did bad murders. She definitely was a bad murderer, but like, yeah, not the, not quite the same. Yeah. But anyway, Eileen. Eileen Warnos, yes. Yes, I knew it. I knew it'd get there. There's a drag. Queen I mean, but like that aside, there's a drag queen like, who just did a parody song uh, to Jolene, and it's Eileen. Eileen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, but like you know, serial killer tier lists aside, yeah. like. These are, this is, that's real life. And, like, there are real people who are, like, relatives and, like, loved ones of people who were victims. And that's not okay. Like, that's really the thing that I find the most troubling about this, like, Bundy film thing. Because it's, like, imagine being somebody who loved somebody who he victimized. Yeah. And seeing that movie and seeing cool guy Zach Efron play him. They like, do more of like the Mind Hunter, the um where the the investigator's the sexy one, because that's what we want. 
Yeah, g- give me, give me a seven. Give me a, give me a, 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 I can't think of the name right now. Zodiac, like. Yeah. Do me that one. Well, and, I, and also ooh. it's got the worst title ever, and I'll never remember it. <laughs> um, my favorite murder. They talk a lot about, um, like, the the guy who helped a lot with um, the Golden State Killer, and I'm like, do a movie about him. <laughs> Paul Holes. Yes. <laughs> Give me Paul Holes the movie. <laughs> yes. Do that one. All right. Well, I'm mad now. Let's do recommendations. Okay. Um, I have another mad recommendation. Oh no! <laughs> it's good, but it's also mad. Um, so it's kind of going viral right now. Uh, Ellen Page was on uh, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. That's right. And there's a little uh, minute, two minute clip going around of her just, just angry, and I love it. Ellen Page is a queen. I love, I love her. her. I love her. She's good. She's extremely good. Did you ever watch um, her uh, Vice show or Vice Land? No, well, I've, I've seen like little clips of it. It was so good, and they really got into the nitty gritty, dirty shit. Not like, mm. not like nasty dirty, but like the real shit, like uh, trans people being murdered in Brazil, that kind of shit. Yeah. So that's cool. Definitely recommend that. It's called Gaycation. No idea where you can watch it. Yeah, it's got to be out there somewhere. Google it. You'll find it. Yeah. It's, it might be on HBO because I think or it might be on like uh, another like pop TV or somewhere, one of those things. Yeah. Somewhere weird. Or Vice's yeah. channel, whatever yeah. that channel is. Yeah. Have you, speaking of Ellen Page, seen or played Beyond Two Souls? I watched a playthrough of about half of it. I really wish I could have played it. It was gorgeous and compelling. I found it to be boring and repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan played it. We were going through the Quantic Dream games. Yeah. Um, we played it um, shortly before uh, Detroit Become Human yeah. came out. Uh-huh. And I just, we actually didn't finish Beyond Two Souls because <laughs> well, I, I just got really there, so bored. So maybe I didn't get bored. <laughs> but I didn't play it. I it, watched it. <laughs> well, yeah. Was it like just a straight up playthrough or was it just like all the cutscenes? I think it was a playthrough. Ugh, yeah, it was boring as hell. The, the premise is amazing though. And her performance is amazing. Yeah, she's great. She's always great. Um, but that's the issue with David Cage games is they've got a really fascinating premise and just kind of subpar execution i felt the same way about detroit become human really ham-fisted there anyway (laughs) go go watch gaycation yes uh my recommendation comes in two parts i have two recommendations that i want to give because i couldn't decide (laughs) um i first want to talk about the newest Lindsay Ellis video. It just came out. Um, it is Independence Day versus War of the Worlds. Oh, and she's saw. comparing. Did you tweet that? I don't know. Oh, I, I might have liked saw, her tweet or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's she. She's comparing the 1996 film Independence Day to the 2005 film War of the Worlds, 
um, and just talking, like, these movies came out within a decade of each other, and they are such different alien invasion movies. Like, what's going on culturally that in 1996, this is what an alien invasion movie was, and in 2005, this is what an alien invasion movie yeah. was. And what happened was 9-11! Uh-huh. Surprise. Uh, but it's a really great video, as always. She's a genius. Watch every single one of her videos, but that's a new one, and it's great. Um... And then my boy, Aviators, musical artist, uh, just put out a new album that I didn't know was coming out. So that was a very nice surprise for me. It's called God Hunter. It's, uh, he's sort of a, I don't know, he's calling it like, just like alternative. I'm not sure what to call this genre. He calls himself an artist. Uh, specializing in cinematic rock and synthwave. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this genre is, but it's cool. It seems to be some kind of a crazy science fiction concept album, which is fun. Um, so if you have similar musical taste to me, you might enjoy it, and it's on Spotify and all that. Just like us! We're also on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, I got an appointment with twitch so all right <laughs> yeah yeah guys come come watch come watch the video games that i do with my brother we we've been playing uh, Mega Man legends lately and boy is that a game <laughs> it's sure a video game y'all uh, <laughs> we stream on friday nights at 8 p.m and what's it called it's called Junk Adventure. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's called Junk Adventure, and we're also on YouTube, so you can catch up if you want to. We've played a lot of different cool games at this point, and it's a lot of fun, and it's funny. Also, it without giving too much information about my personal life, if you want to cry about being broken up with, listen to Robin's new album, Honey. <laughs> also available on Spotify. <laughs> very, very subtle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 finish this. Let's end this. That does it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Anchor.fm, and elsewhere. Please rate, subscribe, and review so more nerds can find us. We appreciate it, and it really makes a difference. Come talk to us on Twitter. We're at LitMeritPod. We post news updates when episodes might get moved around. Um, if you have yeah, questions. Yeah, we might start tweeting more once we live in the Oh, yeah, and if we just have house. stupid thoughts and we just want to tweet them. <laughs> yeah. Guys, everything's going to change. Everything's, everything's gonna about change. to change. There's going to be segments. There's going to be, I don't know. It's a whole new podcast, everyone. <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. We'll get our shit together. It's going to happen. You'll see. We don't know what's going to happen, but you'll see. <laughs> something and thanks to jonathan colton for the use of our theme song fraud from his album artificial heart until next time remember no no guilty guilty pleasures. pleasures